You guys going to run it? It is August in the Caribbean. <laughs> they so, live in Florida. I know. That's yes, true. we do. But ha- having uh, as a Floridian who has gone from Florida to the Bahamas in uh, even in um, November, I think was the first time I went. It is it is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> DCL Duo fans, we want to take a minute to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and love the experience and service we get from our travel specialist at Touring Plans Travel and know you will too. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, Disney vacation, or really any cruise or land-based vacation, head over to touringplans.com travel for a free quote. Let them know that the DCL Duo sent you to help support our show, but we're confident that you are going to have the same great experience that we do when we use Touring Plans Travel. So thanks Touring Plans Travel for sponsoring the show and now on to our episode. everybody to this week's bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And we are excited to welcome back two friends we've made through the podcasting community and uh, the vlogging community, actually, Lake and Katie from the Mouse Gen vlog. Welcome back, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, happy to be here. We are excited. We're doing well because we've got a cruise booked, but more importantly... You have a cruise book too. And so this is, this is exciting. I don't think we ever thought this day would come. We'd be back to cruising. So it's so exciting. Oh my God, it's been way too long. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Lake and Katie, you are booked on the dream for August 13th. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So we were actually, we're going to book this a couple days before the announcement, kind of on a hunch that it might be back. And I woke up the other morning and I was just scrolling through my feed and like, Six minutes prior to that, they had officially announced it and made the announcement that it would be a double dip. And I had never spent that much money so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, we had been thinking about it for the few days. So we went ahead and we like made sure that we could take off work and we made sure that our like finances were all in check. So as soon as he saw that, he actually came and woke me up and said, I booked the cruise. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're like ready to pull the trigger exactly right then. That's awesome. Yeah, we we have a similar. I was going to ask you if you booked it, like had booked it in advance, or if this was a uh, an impulse. And so you, like us, it was an impulse. We, uh, I was, I saw the announcement on Twitter or wherever it was that they were resuming sailing on the ninth, and then I saw that uh, Doug over at Rope Drop Radio was going to be on the cruise with his wife Michelle, and I I just commented on his post jealous, and he messaged me to say something like, you know, there's still rooms available, and so. Yeah, we just messaged uh, messaged Michelle over at Touring Plans Travel and booked it. And so we're on the sailing on the 20th. Yours is a four night. Is that right, Lake? Three, three night. night. Three night. Okay, you're on a three night as well. So yeah, we're, we must be on the one. No, we're on the one two after you because there's a sailing on the 16th in between. So, but excited to be on board. We wanted to use the bonus episode to talk about kind of the experience of booking and checking in because things are a little different. Before we dive into the particulars, Katie, Lake, I just want to ask about like, I mean, obviously you booked the cruise, but what's your level of comfort or anxiety level at the moment about about sailing on board the dream? I think we're feeling fairly comfortable with it. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of weird to say, but we live down in Florida and things have been so open for so long. And, you know, we've been vaccinated pretty much since they were available to us and uh, have gotten fairly comfortable with the way things are down here. Um 
reading through all the different cruise, like the different cruise lines and, and Disney's, you know, rules and regulations, uh, and uh, even compared to what Disney World is doing now since we've been there, we feel like we feel fairly comfortable with it for us. Yeah, I think the only the only anxiety I have is really for our son. We're we're both vaccinated, so that part of it doesn't really bother me. And we've been to Disney World and Disneyland now, so I, I agree with you. I'm getting a certain level of comfort with traveling again that feels okay. And our son came with us to Disneyland actually, and and that went pretty well. So. But I have a little bit of anxiety around bringing my unvaccinated seven-year-old on board with us. But I, you know, I don't know that he's going to be spending a ton of time in the kids' club or anything like that. So I think that's a, that's where my anxiety lies. I don't know, Lake Sam. Do you have any thoughts around your own anxieties? Or you know? <laughs> I would say that I, I've got just a little bit of anxiety, just about more about what's going to actually be open and what the experience is going to be like. You know, obviously things here in Seattle for Brian and I, things are not as open as they are in Florida. And there's a lot of people still wearing masks at stores and stuff like that, even fully vaccinated people. So that's, you know, different here in Washington than in Florida and even in Orlando. But that part doesn't bother me as much as just sort of knowing like, okay, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be you know, the same or similar experience to what we know and love, or is it going to be, am I not going to enjoy it as much? I guess is what I'm worried about. Just because there are going to be things that are quite different. What about you, Lake? Um, I don't know if I'm particularly anxious. I am excited because I think this is going to be a little bit of a step back from where Walt Disney World is now. I mean, we definitely know it will be. And I was a big fan of how Walt Disney World had opened back up the spacing and all of that. Uh, So if they do all of that stuff, I'm totally all about it. Yeah, it's reminding me of kind of our first big trip back to Disney when things were back open and they required you to have masks anywhere inside, which is pretty much what the ship is doing. And I've seen the pictures from some of the crew members have posted the uh, the like cue markers spacing things out, uh, and I, I like that level of kind of separation that they're that they're implementing. I think that's going going to help a lot. I'm excited to see some of the. I mean, we've already experienced some of it, but I'm excited to see some of the changes on board that might actually persist post pandemic. I think there's been some innovation, quite frankly, that's been driven by the pandemic. And maybe we should just dive into that right now by talking about the uh, check in process. I think that's kind of the way to say it. Lake, I wanted to throw it over to you to start because you had quite the experience, I think, getting through the check in process. For, for us, I'll just preview we booked the cruise, I went online that morning did everything we needed to do, photos uploaded. Everything was pretty seamless. But I think in talking before the show, you mentioned there was a little bit of a struggle on your end to get to the website and such. So you want to talk to folks about that? Yeah. uh, So we did get it all to work. I actually just did mine right before the show to make sure I did it and we could talk about it. But they do, as part of this whole new system, you have two options, either getting tested before the cruise and at the terminal or you can voluntarily submit your proof of vaccination and you don't have to go through all of that. And obviously, we just said we're vaccinated. So we went through to do the option to upload it. However, they do say they use a, a company called Safe Passage or a website called Safe Passage. And when you go through that, you have to go and put your reservation and all that such in and it'll pull it up and link it, I guess, to your Disney account for you. Uh, We just had some problems getting it to work. It took us about 
a little over a day, I think, for it to actually go through and recognize our um, that our reservation existed. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the first problem. We we had we had a couple of of hiccups, but um, it did say, I believe, on the website to give it uh, around twenty four hours for your reservation to be uploaded, and then um, and then you enter your email and whatnot, and they are supposed to send you a verification email, which is where I kept getting hung up. And I tried throughout a whole day, about five different times, never got a verification email. And then when one time randomly, I did it last night, I think. And finally, I got one email came through. The other ones never came through. <laughs> Same email. So eventually, it, it worked. <laughs> well, that might have been why we had such an easy time. I didn't think about it. But we had contacted our travel agent the day before. And so she had put a reservation on hold. So by the time we paid for it, it had already probably been 24 hours. So that's probably where we encountered a little bit of a smoother path. We've kind of implicitly hinted at it here, but for those of you listening who aren't super familiar with all the changes Disney Cruise Line has made before we dive further into the online check-in process, let's walk through a few of the big changes. One is on upcoming sailings aboard the Dream out of the U.S., they are going to be doing double dips. So all of the cruises, the three, four night cruises on the dream out of the US out of Port Canaveral are going to just stop at Castaway Key twice. And I will say that was a big motivation for me in actually booking a cruise because didn't have to worry about a foreign port of call and also double dip at Castaway Key, sign me up. So that's a big change. Other big changes, Lake noted, is that all passengers either have to undergo pre-arrival COVID testing at port COVID testing and at port COVID testing, or voluntarily share their proof of vaccination. The testing does apply to children under the age of 12 who are not eligible for the vaccine. You also have a requirement now that if you're not vaccinated and you don't voluntarily share, or you don't voluntarily share your vaccination status, that you have to carry a certain level of travel insurance. That, by the way, does not apply if your sailing party is vaccinated, except for children under 12. You don't have to, you know, have the children have vacation insurance of some sort. But if your travel party of adults is either not vaccinated or doesn't want to share their vaccination status, then you have to carry a certain level of travel insurance. So also then required pre-check-in is registration through both the Disney Cruise Line website, but also this Disney Cruise Safe Passage website that's being run by a third party. And so as you think about checking in for your sailing, you'll both have to do an online check-in on the Disney site, which there's been some changes there in terms of the process and the look and feel of that but also then register with this Safe Passages site. And uh, that's where you will do things like upload your vaccination status uh, and some other things that we can talk through. So like, why don't we start with the Disney site first, the thing that people might be most familiar with. What did you notice was different about the experience registering or, or checking in for the cruise on the Disney site this time around? I noticed a couple of things. Uh, look and feel was most obvious. It's a little bit different this time around, but what else did you notice? I mean, I think the big thing for us that we understand, but it's a little disappointing, but check-in times have all moved back. I don't know how early uh, it let you guys go, but the earliest that was available for us was one forty-five, And typically we would be like, get there when the port opens kind of people. Yep. I think the earliest I've seen is one fifteen, maybe. I think one o'clock is the earliest available port arrival time. And I, I a couple of things about port arrival time, whereas before they were suggestions. <laughs> I mean, like you you registered for a port arrival time, but if you showed up at 1130 and had a one o'clock in the afternoon port arrival time, no one was going to stop you. This time around, they will. They will not allow you into the cruise terminal 
ahead of your port arrival time. We were able to get the 115 slot, which I thought was interesting considering we had booked last minute. And I noticed a little disclaimer, and I don't know if this caught your attention, Laker Katie, but we noticed a little disclaimer that your actual boarding time may be different than your port arrival time. So I, I don't know what that means exactly. We also got boarding group five, which I thought was a little interesting as well, because I would have expected to be in a much later boarding group if they're spacing things out. So it led to some questions for me around how many people are actually getting on the ship? What's the capacity going to be? But I don't don't know if you had any thoughts there. It makes me wonder if what they're planning on doing is pretty much checking you in, giving you, you know, your, your card and all that and, and just kind of letting you go onto the ship instead of having people congregate, you know, the way is typical because that, that terminal, I mean, that gets pretty crowded and, and, you know, social distancing, you know, is going to make much less room in there. So that would make sense, I think, for the port arrival times to be later because it means that the ship is going to be clean, ready to go. I'm wondering if they're going to already have people's rooms open so that they can go there and not have to congregate in areas around the ship the way we would have, you know, pre, pre-COVID. They said rooms not ready until four, till four. I think, oh, yeah, on the website. But I, that is a good thought, Katie, because that would make sense, right? Like if you, you get on later. But I think your first point, is, I think, is probably right in that there isn't going to be a lot of congregating. That's, I mean, it used to be you could get to the port anytime, but you would sit around for hours. You couldn't get onto the ship earlier than your, what your boarding group was. But now I think it will be you get to the port, you probably move through the port fairly quickly because a lot of the check-in stuff is done online now instead of in person and because those boarding times are later. That's what I'm guessing. I'm anticipating too that the the lines are all it's it's gonna I think it's gonna have what's gonna happen is the same thing that happened at Disney with all those social distancing lines, the line into the garage and the line outside to go into security are all going to look super, super long because they're, they're going to control how many people are walking inside at the same time. It's just interesting to me if they're trying to enforce these like rigid staggered times. Like I just went back into our cruise and clicked on port arrival time and all the times are available for me to select. And so I'm trying to figure out, are they eventually going to send me something that says, well, great that you wanted to come at 115 to 130, but actually we'd prefer you arrive between 315 and 330, you know, something like that, because it feels like they... Yeah. I think I think more likely, Brian, is maybe our sailing is maybe not as full as Lake and Katie's sailing. Yeah, we're going right now to check. Yeah, the earliest that even lets us start is 145. And I will note that it also put us in boarding group eight with that, um, where you guys had 115 and it was boarding group five. That's not a huge difference for a 30 minute period there. Yeah, that's true. And I, I will be interested to see, too, because so our son's obviously going to have to get a test at the port. I haven't seen much, by the way, on what happens if someone tests positive at the port, other than obviously they're not getting on the ship. But I don't know what that means from Disney's perspective in terms of what happens to your cruise fare and all of that sort of stuff. I am guessing they're going to take that on a case-by-case basis. I thought you didn't have to get a test at the port if you got the test this 72 hours in advance. No, you have to do both. Oh, it's both. Okay. I misread that. So I think it's an helpful. antibody test at the port and then the full test at beforehand. It's right? a P- PCR test before and a rapid, I think it's a rapid antigen test at the port. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Also, okay. if you are over the age of 12, that test at the port is uh, being charged to you as well. 
oh, so if you're eligible for a vaccine, but you've chosen to either not do a vaccine or not share that information, they're charging you for that port test. That makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, look, they're honestly, they're trying to dissuade unvaccinated passengers. I mean, let's be really clear. They're, they're, they're offering you a path to sailing without being vaccinated. More likely because they have to, because kids under 12, there's going to be too many of them on the ship for them to meet the CDC percentage requirements to sail, you know, without without having to do the test cruising odds sort or of stuff anyway. So they're giving you a path, but they're, you know, they're putting some roadblocks in the way, which is not, you know, which is something that the other cruise lines have done too. Um, you know, they've, they've offered little, you know, on like incentives for people to share their vaccination status. And uh, I think it was Royal Caribbean or Carnival, who's got areas on the ship that are reserved for fully vaccinated guests and things like that. So, hey, you know, it, it makes sense. They, they want to have folks, as many folks as possible on the sailing vaccinated. So they're going to put little roadblocks up uh, for those who aren't. Interestingly, it led to our decision. So normally we, so we're going to, we're flying in. You, like and Katie, you have the ability to just drive to the port, leave your home and drive to the port. We have to fly in. So we're going to fly in the night before as we normally would for a cruise, but we will not take the Magical Express. A friend of mine was pointing out, can you only imagine if someone tested positive on the Magical Express bus that you were on, or the, sorry, the Disney Cruise Line transportation bus that you were on headed to the port and what that could mean for everyone on board. And I sort of said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to rent a car, <laughs> rent a car <laughs> and park at the port. That That is good insurance to make sure I can get on board as long as no one in my car is tested positive. So <laughs> so that's the one little thing that we did that's very different from what we would normally do. We would normally not drive to and park at the port. Anything else about the check-in process on Disney's side of things that seemed different? I, I thought the new interface was really nice. It, it streamlined itself. At least I could do it on my phone. I could do it on the web. I didn't hit any hiccups with the actual interface. I really liked the new upload your own security image, upload your passport documents. I know some people hit some hiccups. I, I don't know, Lake Katie, what did you think of that process? I, I thought it was kind of nice. I thought that was really, really nice. And it seemed to be very um, advanced, I guess, for me, who I, I'm not a techie person. But for example, the I, I took the picture of Lake to upload, you know, for as his security photo. And it immediately, you know, told me like, oh, we can't see his face clear enough, take another picture. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really nice <laughs> that it's able to do that. And the only problem we had, I think, was uh, we hit it because we did it the same day we registered, which was the day that they made this announcement. So I think we just hit it at a, um, a really busy time. So the website kept crashing on us. But the actual way the site looks and the way it you know, gathers the information I think is, is really, really nice. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I was impressed with, I mean, I shouldn't be, I work at a tech company and I see this all the time, but I was kind of impressed when we took a photo of our passport that it extracted all the information. I mean, they do that with checks when you're doing online deposits now, but I thought it was nice. I didn't have to fill anything in. I was just kind of double checking everything. Have, I'm curious, have they, so our photos remain kind of pending verification. Is that the case for you as well? Or did those get verified pretty quickly? Uh, no, ours are also pending. I just saw that when I went to check the port arrivals. Yeah, so I, I, I suspect a human being somewhere is looking at each one, which must be a very laborious job. So. You know, the one thing I think we, you know, Brian alluded to this, right? Now you upload your passport, a picture of your passport, and you upload your own picture for your security photo. That is instead of what you used to do at the port. So when you would go to the port and check in for your cruise, they would take a picture of you. And that becomes essentially a security picture for you anywhere you swipe your card to pay for something, that picture will pop up on the cast member's screen so they can verify that you are in fact using your own card and not somebody else's card. So things like that, that's what they, and also when you get on and off the ship at any kind, at any port stops, 
they also verify that you, in fact, are the same person as what you know the person linked to that car. So that's something they're now doing online, and presumably this is to alleviate some of the loitering and whatnot, waiting around you have to do at the port. And so, like Katie said earlier, the hope is you'll be able to just get your, you know, you'll have to check in somewhere to get your key to the world, which is your room key. It will be a quicker process and you'll get on the ship. Well, let's talk about the safe passage site for a second. So that is the really net new to the check-in process is there's a third-party site. I'm trying to remember it's run by, I think, a group called maybe insights or something like that. Inspire Diagnostics. Inspire Diagnostics. Yes. (laughs) 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 It makes me feel like my data is safe. Um, (laughs) So it's a third party site that you have to register for. And when you go, they, you know, you put in your reservation number, they find your reservation. So they're clearly connected in with Disney Cruise Line directly. And in fact, the web address is dcl.safepassage.com. And then you go and you register each member of your sailing party. Adults have to register separately. So I was able to go and register myself and then register my son. And then Sam had to go in and register separately, although we can see our, you know, all of our information together, but she had to do a separate registration. And that's where you can do a couple things. One is upload test results to is upload your uh, vaccination status if you want to do that. The other interesting thing, Sam, you spotted this. What what interesting thing can you do on this website that uh, was kind of surprising for us? Oh, do you mean the mail-in test? Yeah. Yeah. So there is, um, a, it, it did not seem to be available yet, but one of the things I spotted on the website was you can, if you don't want to go to your local pharmacy or doctor's office or whatnot to go get a COVID test, They actually have through this company, you can order a COVID test that will come in the mail. I don't know if it's a at home where you have to, you know, where you just, where it gives you results at home or if you have to mail it back. It was actually less expensive. I think it was about $100 for the test if you bought it directly from this Inspire Diagnostics. And I say it's less expensive than the, the Hawaii COVID test options. We are going to Aulani before we go on this cruise on the dream. And the same thing is happening. Brian and I are both fully vaccinated, but our son Nathan is not. And so we've got to do a test within 72 hours before we leave and, of course, get the test results in time to leave. So, And there are certain places because they, they require a certain type of COVID test, right? And so there's only certain vendors you can go to and you have to check it's like Hawaii travel site or whatnot. So we've booked him a test at a CVS not too far from our house. And it's $139. So that, and, and it's, you can't pay for it with health insurance. You are paying out of pocket. So $139 versus this one through this Inspire Diagnostics that was only $100. So anyway, thought it was interesting. Hawaii also offered a mail in, uh, they did have a yes, mail partner. They yeah. did, but it's, um, but it is closer to the price point of the yeah. CVS test. It is, it is. And this, just, just to be clear. So, you, ha- you can only order the test 14 days prior to your sailing. So you can't go in like 30 days in advance and order the test. So it, they only open up ordering the testing 14 days prior. Sam, to answer your question, you do have to mail it back. So you have to mail it back between four and five days before you set sail. And then they run the results and, and produce the results for the test. Interestingly, I did just click on order home test to see what would happen. And it, it does give you an, a warning, which I hadn't even thought about, which is that if you've had COVID prior and you're getting ready to sail, the CDC has guidance that says if you're 90 days recovered from COVID-19 and you test positive on this, 
PCR test pre-sailing, you can still be permitted to sail. And so there is a process that the provider will do to verify that you have a COVID diagnosis that's 90 days or more uh, prior to the testing. So that's also just an interesting wrinkle I hadn't I hadn't thought about. I don't know, Lake Katie, I guess none of us have to do testing. Our son is the only one. Anything else of interest off of this uh, safe passage site when you went through the registration? Um, nothing in particular on our end. Uh, we're still in the pending status. I don't know about you guys, but I think it's a similar situation uh, where a person is reviewing, you know, the uh, documentation that we uploaded. So we're just waiting to see if we did it right, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, we were in. So interestingly enough, so we submitted documentation to the state of Hawaii to verify vaccination. I think we're still waiting for them to do that. At the same time, I submitted our vaccination status. So we are registered with clear, which is for those of you who don't know, process that you can go through to register biometrically to get through screening at airports faster. It's with a private company, but they are also now doing clear health passes. So you can up, upload your vaccination status and they give you one of their health passes. It took them about well over a week, I think, to verify that. We finally went off pending the other day there. So yeah, I'm imagining it's going to take Disney a few weeks to catch up with these. So. It did say somewhere that it was going to be two business days. We'll see if that holds true, though. Oh, OK. I hadn't seen that. Oh, that's interesting. Well, beyond the sort of registration for safe passage, we've talked about some of the cruising requirements. Anything else? Let's say this. Anything else catch your attention about some of the updates to the kind of onboard protocol? So, I mean, you alluded at the beginning of the show, we're all going to be wearing masks indoors, regardless of our vaccination status, except in your staterooms and presumably in the dining rooms, too, as you're eating or drinking. But if you're not actively eating or drinking, you're supposed to be wearing your mask. What about uh, other things on board? Registration for some of the activities and things like that. What did what did uh, what did you find, Lake and Katie? Uh, so I think one thing that's interesting is they're pretty much cutting it down to one Broadway style show. They said it's going to be performed multiple times, just with a limited capacity. And they're also doing something similar with the fireworks, where they're doing two different fireworks shows, and you're basically going to have an like night. yeah, you're going to have an assigned night for which one is your fireworks show. And it's going to be a different fireworks show, which will be interesting. Oh, yeah. It's not pirates. It's not pirates. Yeah. I noticed that as well. I think the the shows, one of the things I noticed is you don't actually reserve a time. I think it's going to be first come, first serve is what I read. But yeah, they're going to have one show and it's going to be, I don't know if it's just going to be multiple nights or if they might have afternoon shows. I know that on a couple of sailings we had gone on pre-COVID, sometimes they would have Aladdin on the fantasy at a one o'clock showtime, in addition to having some of the evening shows, some some of the kids are you know not able to sit through a show in the evening, and so they you know do better in the middle of the day. So I think that was sort of the solution. I think that's probably a, a good possibility for the four night and longer sailings once those come back, um, where there's a sea day. I don't imagine they'll do a show while we're on Castaway, but maybe they would. I don't know. Because both of our days are cast away, so. Although, yeah, although interestingly, one thing I noticed was registering, since we had to register our son for the kids club, the big change there is you have to pick a time for your kiddo to go in and they're limited to, I think it was like two and a half hours is the maximum amount of time they can be in the club. So you pick a time and then you've got to get them out before their time (laughs) runs out, essentially. 
Yeah, I think there's more availability than what you could book online, though. I think there's going to be more availability in person. I think I read that on one of the blogs that, yes, you can only book two and a half hours a day ahead of time. But when you're on the ship, there will be, you may be able to book I, more than nah, that. So, so I read the protocols are limiting the kids to two and a half hours, like one time a day, and that's it, um, to make sure that there's a sufficient availability across. Our, maybe that's right, but but I had read something a little bit different there. We'll see. We'll see when we're on board. But but to, to Katie's point about the shows, what's interesting is the kids club on Castaway Key will not be open. So Scuttles Cove is not open. So they were still allowing booking of the kids club, you know, starting at about like one o'clock in the afternoon on the two Castaway Key days. So they're going to keep some ship services going on board. So they might they might run a show. I don't know. They might. I also thought I read that there were going to be assigned seating times for dinner. Did Laker Key, did you guys catch that in the yes, messaging? We- we did see that uh, because so we we usually always sign up for the late seating and we were kind of, you know, pre-planning our day around that eight o'clock ish time. And then I was reading uh, this morning and it says that you can still choose first or second seating, but uh, dining room seating times will be staggered. So you might not get that exact same time, which makes sense because that's another time, you know, previously where where people would kind of crowd together waiting to go into the restaurants. I also imagine that some of the, you know, within the restaurants will be scaled back a little bit or changed up to kind of accommodate that. But uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be something different. I agree. I think it's going to be like, so if you're at 5.30 dinner or the main dinner, you might get seated at, you might have a dinner arrival time that's at you know, 520, 530, 540, you know, I, I think they'll sort of stagger it. I don't know if it'll be by five, 10 or 15 minute increments, but the, it sounds like they will stagger. So not everyone arrives exactly at the same time or, or as often happens, 15 minutes ahead of time. What I noticed too was, I mean, I, I would love to know the actual capacity on some of these sailings because what I noticed is one, I could, we were assigned late seating. We switched to main. And normally you can't do like, normally you can't switch between the seatings, but both were available. Uh, you know, you can't switch this late in the game. Usually the other thing I noticed was, um, as to the relative popularity of the onboard adult dining options, uh, they are offering Palo brunch, even though our sailing is only three nights, they're offering it on the first castaway key day currently. Cause that would have been a Nassau stop, I think originally, but anyway, they are offering it totally booked, completely booked, not surprising, but you want to eat at Remy anytime is available. So when <laughs> I guess that, that shouldn't be surprising because people probably don't want to miss one of the rotational dining evenings on a three-night cruise. But still, I thought it was interesting. All of the time seemed to be available at Remy on both both days. Allo looked a little bit more limited for uh, for dinner. Castaway Key 5K, Lake, I know you're a runner. Some changes there. I don't know if you spotted those. Uh, yeah, so the Castaway 5K is basically going to be a virtual event. Uh, you can sign up for it, run it at your leisure and then i guess you'll go to wherever location they have picked out to just pick up your medal at some other point in the day you guys gonna run it it is august in the caribbean (laughs) they live in florida i know yes we do but having uh as a floridian who has gone from florida to the bahamas in uh even in um november i think was the first time i went it is it is even worse. Yeah, it's just too hot. It's too hot. Yeah, that's kind of how we feel about we feel about um, the Bahamas in the summer. We've done actually we did the the Castaway Key 5K in the winter time 
we don't do it in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I think we might try one of the days we are like, uh, since the Ren Disney races are coming back, we're both actively training. And I know we it's our cruises over a weekend. So we have some runs that we need to do. The only thing is, I think the arrival time at Castaway is like, after nine o'clock. So, so we may just get up early and run around the the deck <laughs> um, and call that our castaway 5k. Maybe we'll do a, a walk around the, the, uh, the loop, the loop, but I don't know if we can do a, a true run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little hard. On, you can do it on deck four, but just kind of depends how crowded it is. Right. Yeah. We're, we're early birds though. I think we could probably get up before a lot of, a lot of other people are up and knock it out. Yeah, they, that is interesting. I didn't realize the port arrival times are different for the between the two days. Yeah, it looks like day one or day two of the cruise, day one at Castaway is a 930 for us. And then uh, but the second day is an 830, which makes sense because they're going to hang around near Castaway. And then just, I, I actually wonder you have me checking it, Brian, because when I first looked at ours, they were I feel like they were both like 945 for both days. So oh, our second day is listed as is 830. I actually wonder, are they just going to overnight in port there because they're the only ship? Are they actually going to pull away or just leave it at the dock? I wonder. I know from um, I don't know if it was a, a Disney cruise, but I, I was watching a, a vlog of some cruise that was overnighting at a port and they pulled away and someone asked what the reason was. And it was something to do with the water filtration system needs to be like running through water or something for it to work. I don't know if that if that's accurate, but it, it made me think they were going to the pull out and, and go out for the evening. I also didn't know because that there'll be a fireworks show. That's I didn't know I if they needed say. to pull away for that. Yeah, yeah, they have to. So in order to do the fireworks show, they have to be in international waters. And so they can't be docked uh, at, the, at Castaway Key because it's a Bahamian island. So they have to be out, uh, not that far. I'm sure it's, you know, only a few miles out, but they'll have to be out if they're doing fireworks both nights. Yeah, I just I just wondered if they might try to stay aboard or get some dispensation there because I can't even imagine if it's a three night cruise with two stops at Castaway, you you dock the first day, leave, and then you can't get back in the second. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. <laughs> and you have a, what just would a sea day. You just have a sea yeah, day. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Lake Katie, I'm curious. Have you been able to book since these cruises were converted? Their itineraries used to be Port Canaveral, Nassau, Castaway, back, and since they were converted over to the two stops at Castaway. Ever since we've booked, we've been unable to book anything on Castaway Key um, on the di- first day. On the second day, I booked a parasailing, I think it was. Like, there's there's stuff available. Have you have you been able to book things on the first day of Castaway? Or have activities, are activities available? Have you seen? Nope. No, nothing has come up so far. I did the same thing. I would just keep checking every day, though. Yeah, I, I suspect what might be going on there is that they had to reach out to all the concierge guests because if they just threw open the doors to cabanas, then uh, the concierge folks wouldn't get first dibs on them. So my guess is they're giving a little waiting period here for the concierge folks to say what they want so that they can go book it for them. That's just my suspicion. But yeah, I'm trying to think anything else about the onboard activities. I think the only other thing I spotted was that the rainforest room is now a <laughs> private experience. I don't know if you picked up on that, but that was interesting to me. We did see that. So last time, uh, the last cruise we went on was the dream and we uh, we didn't do the rainforest room because we did the uh, the big extravagant couples Couples retreat. Retreat. So we didn't want to spend the money, but I went to go look at that first thing. And it is, I think it's $145 for an hour and a half. 
something like that. It's 174. <laughs> yeah, that's what I yeah. saw. 174. For an hour and 45 oh. minute session, but that allows up to 10 guests. So yeah. if you have a big group traveling, I think that's really cool. Like it's a whole private rainforest room. Yeah. So if you had 10 people, it has to be your travel party. So I think you couldn't do it, you know, just with friends. It has to, I think, be, you know, everyone who is on your reservation technically. But if you had 10 people who were old enough to to go in there, I don't know what the age restriction is, but um, it's not a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure some I'm sure some couples who um, have a little more money than we are are going to do that cuz it, it's kind of cool to have it all private. Yeah, I saw two other things that I wanted to know. One is that at the spa there's, you know, those teen uh, spa treatments, those are suspended currently and so those aren't happening. And then the other thing I noticed was about dining, which is that you are not going to get seated with other travel parties for now. So if you are a party of two or a party of four or a party of three, you know, if you're a smaller party, it used to be, unless you asked to be seated by yourselves, you would get paired up with at least one other party. And if you were just a, a couple, you'd get paired up often with, you know, two or three or four other couples. For now, you will be seated just the two of you. And for us, it, we will be seated just the three of us. Yeah, that's actually going to be a new thing for us. We've never requested to be by ourselves. We've we've talked about doing it in the future, but now now we'll have that experience, yeah. which will be interesting. Another thing about the spa that I that I noticed that I think is probably obvious, but just to bring it up is that um, you have to wear your mask through your whole service, whatever that is. So if you're getting, even if you know a massage and whatnot, it does say you have to keep your mask on. And I think they've taken out some certain services that normally like like facials and things like that. Yeah, they're not offering those. Yeah, the, the only other thing I notice is the character stuff, which is aligning a lot to what Walt Disney World did in the, its own way on Disney Cruise Line. So, you know, surprise appearances, distant photos, um, those sorts of things. They are doing something that they're calling a party patrol on Castaway Key, where it says they will appear on vehicles. So little cavalcades on Castaway Key, I suppose, for for characters but yeah i think i mean i think we've just about covered the bulk of the relevant changes for these uh these sailings let's let, well let's wrap up the show with a, a quick round table which is thing you're most excited about for these upcoming cruises lake let's start with you i mean i think we can all agree just being able to get back on a ship finally is the biggest one but I think we are excited to kind of see what changes they've made um, and how it's going to affect the cruising experience. I mean, I think that's why we kind of decided to go and be on one of these early sailings. Katie? Kind of kind of similar to Lake. I'm excited to see these new changes. I like experiencing new things. And um, I'm excited. Uh, we're doing a Palo dinner for the first time. So oh, I'm really wow. excited about that. <laughs> I'm a little nice. jealous. We're we're not because of the kids club restric restrictions. We are not going to do any dinner, and also because I we don't want to miss the you know the the dining room nights. Um, so we're not doing any adult only dinners, and because of the Apollo availability, we're not able to do Apollo brunch. So I'm jealous for sure. Well, Sam, what are you most excited for? Yeah, what am I excited for? I'm you know I'm really excited to be back in animators palette to see, I don't know if there'll be animation magic or if it will be crush, but either one, I'm just really excited for. I'm excited for all of the onboard activities, be it tell folding or origami or trivia, or just sitting up on the deck. I'm really excited to watch our son 
go up and down that yellow Mickey slide like a bajillion mm-hmm. times because that's something <laughs> that really makes him happy. So yeah, I'm excited for a lot of things. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm just excited to be back on board. I have a feeling that when they call our name and we walk on the ship, I'm probably going to break down in tears. Like, it's just been so long since we have boarded a Disney ship. And that is such a magical moment to begin with that I'm already emotional. And so it's just going to be so cool to be back on board. So I am most looking forward to just stepping foot back on the ship and hearing that announcement of our name. Uh, everything else is kind of just extra Gravy. at that point. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm excited to be back in our Ocean View stateroom. <laughs> <laughs> we got like our favorite stateroom too. Nice. We're doing an ocean view for the first time on this one. We did a guaranteed ocean view. Um, that's one of one a category we haven't done before. So we're excited to see how that goes. Yeah, we love them. That's our favorite category. We haven't done a ton of categories to be fair, but it, of the ones that we've sailed, it's our favorite category. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Lake and Katie, we're going to have to come back together, the four of us in a couple of weeks after we've both had our sailings and compare notes over what we thought the experience was like, because I'm, I'm dying to figure this question out for myself and I'm dying to hear your answer to it. Uh, maybe in a few weeks, which is just these cruises are expensive. And with the uh, revised experience on board, did you feel like you got what you wanted out of your Disney cruise? So, um, I'm curious to hear your answer to that question down the line. So we'll have to have you back, but for now, do you want to let our listeners know how they can connect with you? And I'm sure follow along on your fabulous Disney cruise. Yeah. So another thing we are excited for is to kind of vlog and make some videos while we're on the ship uh, talking about all the changes and stuff. You can find those on our YouTube channel, uh, Mouse Gen. That's M-O-U-S-E-G-E-N. You can also follow us on Instagram, mouse.gen, same spelling, and also Facebook, Mouse Gen. Uh, But YouTube is really where we're most active there. Um, And that's where you can comment and see all of our past vlogs and videos from other cruises, as well as other things like Disney vlogs, run Disney vlogs, all of that fun stuff. Cool. You got to get back to pin collecting, too, like (laughs) (laughs) on the ship. I wonder if they'll have like a return to sailing pin or something like that. Uh, Any opera, check out the merch. We'll get get lots of pictures of the merch for everyone to see. (laughs) You know, we love the merch. And I feel like there's just so many opportunities for for new merch when you, you know, resume sailing. So I'm excited. That are all going to get Alaska 2020 Uh, (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. Well, Lake, Katie, thanks for spending some time with us this evening talking about your upcoming cruise. And we will definitely have you back afterwards to uh, we'll reconvene to talk about it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, it was so much fun having Lake and Katie on the bonus episode today, and we're really excited for them to be sailing and for us to be sailing again. So we can't wait to have them back in a few weeks. We're all going to recongregate and talk about our experience sailing aboard the Dream. Lake and Katie a little bit ahead of us. So if you want to know a little bit earlier what their experience is like, you should definitely head over, check out the Mouse Gen vlog uh, over on YouTube. That's where they post most of their content, as they said in the show. And Uh, Lake and Katie are just great people, really authentic people. And unlike some of those vloggers out there in the parks you've heard about who can be pretty ruthless or reckless or disrespectful or rude, however you want to say it, that is not Lake and Katie. So with that, thanks as always for listening to the bonus episode this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews. They are really helpful in making our show more visible to other people. And we also just really appreciate the feedback and love reading them on the air each week. If you'd like to send us a question 
or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. Or if you'd like to support the show, head over to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation or Disney Cruise Line vacation. No cost to you, but if you let them know that the DCL Duo sent you over, it'll help support our show. You can also support our show directly by joining our Patreon by browsing to patreon.com slash dclduo to become a patron of the show. Just choose from one of our monthly support tiers and we really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there. So thank you so much for helping us support the show. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.